So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley uh, with Style and Story Creative, Six Figure Photography, hanging out here in Columbus, Ohio. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, look, the reason that the SFP Podcast exists is to help you grow your business. Plain and simple, we want to help you grow. And one of the best ways to do that is to learn from people who've come before us and a wide range. And so today, I am super excited to have Carrie Swales with us today. Carrie is a wedding photographer and owner of Photography Awesome Sauce. Yes, you heard that right. Awesome Sauce. And Rock Your Weird. She's been photographing nerdy, costumed, offbeat weddings, uh, speaking, educating creatives and photographers for just about a decade, right? Her, um, she's got a website, Photography Awesome Sauce. It's helped uh, over 8 million readers uh, to get help with their photography business as well. You guys, on today's episode, we're talking all about personality branding, stepping out and building uh, your photography brand based off of you, your interests, your personality. I'm super excited to jump in and talk to Carrie. Let's not wait any further. Let's start the show. Hello, Carrie. Welcome to the SFP podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. So where are you calling from? Where are we talking at? I am in a pretty remote part of Colorado. We call it the Western Slope. Uh, it's Rangely. Ran- yeah, this is this is all hitting blanks here for me. Uh, <laughs> when you say remote, like if you were to look out your window right now, what do you see? I see a town of approximately 2,000 people where we have no grocery store. Um, <laughs> what do you, lots what do you do of oil groceries? fields. <laughs> what do you do for groceries? Do you, do you grow your own groceries, Carrie? Oh, we are now. We just moved here from Denver about six months ago. So we're looking at like a solar powered greenhouse for winter. Um, but the nearest store is actually an hour away in Vernal, Utah. Um, or we can go an hour and a half south to Grand Junction, which is kind of the biggest city on the western side of Colorado. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't even begin. Like, look, when I moved 10 minutes down the road from Kroger, I like nearly cried. I was like, this is, this is terrible. How am I going to solve this problem? Uh, I don't know how you're doing it. That's, that's awesome. Gary, so you got, you, you have a new dog? Is that what I hear? I heard it in the background. Like, do you have a new dog? Is that right? Yeah, dog number four. Wait, dog number four. What does that even mean? It means that I guess I'm a collector. Like, I just can't stop adopting them. Oh, uh, you said you said dog number four. I thought his <laughs> name was Doug, and I was like, my God, have you just been naming? Like, has has Doug number one, two, and three died, and this is now your? The, the Wouldn't that be super sad? That would be really fascinating. I'd have a lot of follow up questions. So that makes way more sense. Dog number four. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, new new puppy. Tell me more about dog number four. What's his name? Sherlock Bones. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Carrie, we're going to be talking about personality branding. We're going to be talking about like you're like you photograph nerd weddings. It's like your specialty. And I'm starting to see the personality branding even seep into the way that you name your dogs. Right. Yep. That's awesome. Let's like this is the perfect segue. Let's start talking about personality branding. Let's start like jumping right in because this is like this is so 100 percent you. And I think that for many photographers, when they're starting their business and they're putting themselves out there, they feel maybe like they can't be 100% them. And there's this idea of like the, the, the general ideal client that like, if they are themselves that they won't attract and that person, you know, won't be willing to spend the budget and all that kind of stuff. Can you walk us through part of your journey of how you began to accept, uh, I guess yourself as your brand? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I guess long story, I've always been a really nerdy kid. Uh, I moved around a ton, so I didn't have the pleasure of having like a group of friends that I grew up with. I always had to make new friends wherever I went. So I guess maybe that made me a million times more awkward, Mm -hmm. but I grew up just doing nerdy things with my friends. And, you know, I tried different kind of friend groups and different activities, but Playing Dungeons and Dragons, it was like, I met these people in high school and I was like, these are my people. I finally found people who get it, who got my love of like Lord of the Rings and wanting to wear costumes all the time. And that was just, I felt like I kind of figured myself out then and I've just been like living it up ever since. Um, Can I I tell you something? Yeah. Carrie, Carrie, you're talking right now to a dungeon master. This Are is you? very, very few people know this about me, Carrie, but there was, there was only, there was three sets of, I'm going to call them toys. There was three sets of things that I kept when I, when my wife and I moved into our new home that I took from my parents' home and I brought up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you move out of the house, like what do you actually yep. take with you from your childhood? And the three things that I took with me from my childhood, uh, were, were Nerf guns, uh, <laughs> Transformers action figures and my collection of Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> yes, I still have mine, even though I don't play anymore, just yeah. because they're sentimental to likewise, me. Likewise, 100%, likewise. So look, you. I guess what I mean to say is you're in good company, right? That's all. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but keep, keep going, keep going. No, I love it. Um, I was a terrible dungeon master, by the way. My friends never let me be in charge of, of any campaign because mm-hmm. um, I'm just chaotic, neutral, by nature. <laughs> there are so many people listening to this right now that have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> those that do, they're like, yes, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess like 
I've just always been this really nerdy person. And when I graduated college and I just really had no idea what I was doing and I started a job uh, working at a daycare and being like a preschool teacher. My degree is in K through 12 art ed and there were no jobs at that time because the economy had crashed. So I, here I am kind of working this crappy job and I got a nice camera. I was taking photos for reference just because I like to paint trees and things. And then I started taking photos of people because I wanted to paint photos of people better. And then I realized it was, you know, you get this instant gratification with digital. So I loved it. And I actually just uh, walked out of my a new job I had had and was like, I, I hate this place. I'm going to go start a photography business. And I had no idea what I was doing. So that's what I did. And it kind of morphed from shooting newborns into weddings. And people were always attracted to me because I put kind of my weirdness right out there in my bio. So I was booking a few nerds that had sort of normal weddings. And eventually I just thought like, you know, I'm not really enjoying the traditional weddings. Those people, we just don't seem to gel well. I just really want to shoot weddings where people are in costume or like at Renaissance Festival or a Lord of the Rings theme wedding, you know, or Harry Potter. That's what I want to shoot because I think that just makes me excited. It's so much more fun. So now I'm a huge advocate for kind of offbeat alternative weddings. I just think those people, and I'm biased, I think nerds are probably some of the most passionate people in the world because they're willing to own whatever it is, even though it's totally out there and other people think it's completely strange. So I love these nerd weddings because people are just doing whatever they want, regardless of how anyone else feels. So let's talk about that for a little bit here, because I think that no matter who's listening to this right now, whether or not you photograph nerd weddings or big budget ballroom weddings, I don't, I don't care what it is, we all still struggle with, to some degree, um, accepting ourselves. Uh, loving herself, believing in, uh, our own personality, even look, even it's kind of one of those interesting things. I think that to be honest, probably some of the people that struggle most with this, uh, well, look, it's just everyone. Like we're all yeah. just damn people, right? We're all people and we're all flawed and we're all struggling, uh, to figure this whole thing out and to feel accepted. Uh, and so I'm, I, I want to walk through a little bit more of understanding that process for you. I've been reading this really great book. I actually recommend this book. If you're listening right now, there's a book um, uh, from Mark Manson is the author, and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. I've, I've kind of spoken about it a couple times, but there's this, if you go to his website, I've actually, I've grabbed one of his graphics. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's on my personal Facebook page. You can check it out, but it, it's this graphic of a, of a dude floating away, holding a bunch of balloons, and he's just flicking yes. off a crowd of people and it subtitles it says everyone else just wants to be like and accepted except for mark mark doesn't give an f it's the author right uh, i threw my own name in there at some point <laughs> but i want to i look that's like a great thing to be able to say of like i don't give enough what people think i'm going to do me i'm going to do like you do you i'm going to do me i'm going to be fully myself personal brand um, but it's a lot harder to actually begin to take those steps and to find that self-confidence that this is the right direction. Can you unpack a little bit more of what that looked like for you? Or even like what, like what are the daily struggles with that? How do you actually maintain that positive energy moving forward? Ooh, that's a tough question. I've seen that graphic, but I always heard it was Tom. 
Oh, Tom, maybe it's Tom. Yeah, Yeah, maybe it's Tom. I don't know. Maybe Mark used it just for his book, but I have that one actually sitting on my desk right now. Okay, fantastic. Uh, You're probably right then if it's right in front of you. I knew it was a short name, uh, but there you go. Tom, Mark, Ben, uh, keep going. Yeah, I love it. Um, Well, for me, I think I just, you know, I think maybe a lot of people struggle to find themselves. You don't luck out and do it in high school. You spend, you know, the first part of your 20s kind of figuring it out. And I've met a lot of people who are older than me, you know, in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who say, man, I wish I was as confident as you are right now. And I'm, I, that always makes me feel weird because I don't always feel that way. But I guess I have this philosophy that, you know, this is my only life that I get to live. So I need to put myself first and do whatever makes me happy. I really don't believe I can make anybody else happy if I'm unhappy. So I do put myself first. I do whatever I want, whatever I love, whatever inspires me. I don't ask for permission from anybody else. Although there are times where I feel totally unconfident. And I think we all have that. But I just think it's something where we have to sort of keep in mind that, you you know, if you're only going to be on this earth once, you don't want to be 70 years old and looking back and saying, man, I really wish I had done this. Or I really wish I had the guts to have started my own business or to have really put myself out there as a photographer. I wish I had done this. And I hear people say that to me all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do that? Um, and I mean, I read a lot of books. I I really spend a lot of time on myself. So even in business, even above my clients, I prioritize things that I want to do. I've always had to make sure I make time for my own brain because I just can't be at peace without doing whatever it is that inspires me. So, you know, I do things like I take guitar lessons once a week, even though I'm really bad at guitar. But just because I think it works that other part of the brain, it's something that makes me feel like I'm doing it just for me. It's really hard to say, though, how other people can find that for themselves other than to really spend some time soul searching and knowing who you are and then eventually being able to put that out there and be confident about it. Confidence isn't something that you can really just magically acquire or develop. I think it happens after you're brave, after you've taken a risk. Yeah, uh, action. If you've if you've taken action, you need to fail a whole lot, and and then but confidence comes from action, not the other way around. I think too many people get it flipped, where they think in order to take action, I need to have first confidence in this thing, and and it's entirely opposite. You need to actually begin to take action. It's courage, really. Courage is yeah. the process of taking action in fear, not waiting for fear to disappear. Saying to yourself, "Man, I'm scared shitless, and I'm going to do this anyhow," and it's crazy. It's practice, really, and that's where confidence comes from. I love this. What you're talking about is perspective, really. You're talking about perspective. You've gained perspective over time. You've registered the fact that you're going to die. And that's like a morbid thought. It's something that I've, I've thought (laughs) a lot about. I, I, um, I pay a lot of attention to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and he really helps uh, me to gain perspective. Uh, and life it's, it's one of these things that perspective is, is one of the greatest gifts I think that we can have and we can give others. Uh, hopefully we can even give our clients. We can talk about that for a little bit perspective in regards to their images and prints and, yeah. and, and mattering all that kind of stuff. But it's, um, it's always one of those things like in hindsight, because it's not until later that we actually gain perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. For me, Carrie, I, I totally relate to what you're saying. 
for me, perspective came when I had uh, my child, my, my first daughter, B. I'm about to have twins here right now. And it's funny because people always talk about, you know, man, it, was, it wasn't until I had my, my kid that I realized X, Y, Z or whatever it is. And it wasn't like your kid was magic necessarily. It was just that they forced, they, they gave you the gift of perspective because suddenly everything changed. It's like, man, I wish I could offer that same perspective that a child offers uh, to everyone. Um, anyhow, man, I'm going off on a rant, but I think, I think what you're talking about here is, is gaining perspective on your life and on your business and, and on yourself and what really matters, uh, in order to move the needle in order to, to actually do what makes you happy. Right. Um, so let's talk about the practicality behind that, because again, this is all like great, uh, to say, to do what makes you happy and, you know, to give zero Fs and to make your brand entirely about, you know, you. Um, but then how does that work out in, in the real world? Because let's look, let's call it what it is, Carrie. You're not only, like you said, when we first started this, you're not only in a remote area with a small population, <laughs> but you're in a remote area with a small population focused on a niche within an industry that's incredibly narrow. So yes. how does that work? So, well, I think by putting my personality out there and being willing to just own whoever I am, I think I'm really being vulnerable, not just with myself, but with my potential clients. And to me, that vulnerability is what innately builds trust. So it doesn't matter where I am or where my clients' weddings are, they want me to be there because they feel like we've got kind of something in common, you know, they feel like they can trust me. I think... That comes through as well, just because fellow nerds, like maybe they're not having a costume themed wedding, but they're an internal nerd and they don't get to express it very often. And maybe they haven't been, you know, I mean, a bride who's like, you know, I haven't really dreamed about my wedding, but I met the right person and I'm getting married and this is what we're doing. And I don't really know how this is all going to go, but they go to my website and they're like, Oh, Carrie, she's an advocate for people like me. And that's something that I really connect a lot with over my clients is that I really want to be an advocate for people who maybe don't see themselves on the cover of Martha Stewart weddings, because that's just never been in their dream. But I want them to feel like they also still deserve that experience. Sure. Let's rewind for a second. You talked about being vulnerable with your clients, how that builds trust. Can you break down some of the ways, uh, maybe in a really practical manner, that that vulnerability comes through? Is it in the way that you communicate? Is it just in, is it in the copywriting? Is it in the imagery? Is it in the way that you're dialoguing with your clients? Tell me more. I actually don't think it has anything to do with my images. I've always felt like clients book me because of my personality. And it usually starts with visiting my website and they love what they read in the copy. But then once we start interacting, whether it's email, phone, in person, I try to be as honest as possible with my clients. You know, when they say, hey, can we do this photo I've seen on Pinterest? I'm just going to explain why we can give it a shot, but why it's probably not going to be a good one. And I think that honesty about pricing, about, you know, just how things work behind the scenes up front, that helps build that trust with them. And it helps create that conversation where, inevitably, I'm able to be more creative. So there's a few different places like that. I'm pretty good about being vulnerable on my blog and telling stories on my Instagram stories, on my own Instagram feed. Once I'm there with my clients in person, I really just want to be their best friend and be like, I've been there, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Look, I, I'm one of the best pieces of advice that I can give someone in 2017 is to to be more. Um, authentically them. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to go live with content. There's no hiding. It's just all you, it's yes. all personality. It's just, look, when I go live with my stuff, I am so 100% Ben Hartley that like I say stuff that like it, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's things I shouldn't say, but it's like, it just is what it is. And I'm going to attract the people that are drawn to that. And I'm going to offend and push away the other people who aren't interested. But I think it's, it's really critical. And so what you're talking about here with Instagram stories or even Facebook stories now, now, um, I'm fascinated with this. So can you explain how, how you actually utilize stories? Do you, do, are you utilizing live content and how have you seen that help to grow your personality brand? I've been using live a little bit. I actually have big plans to use Facebook live even more with my clients, um, this coming season, but I just mind, try to do you put mind sharing those plans. Yes. Um, I really want to take a few minutes and I've been trying to figure out what exactly is the perfect way to do this. But I, you know how client selfies kind of became a thing for photographers for a while. I'm going to take a photo of my clients at the end of the night. And I thought like, what if we could take that next level and use it as a part of personality brand? Like what if we did a live video where I brought some hula hoops and I had a hula hoop contest with my clients at the end of every (laughs) wedding before I left or something really crazy like that, or something that's unique to me or my brand, something where clients like get excited about it because they've seen it on live. Mm -hmm. And I really want to incorporate that on Facebook live. Last year, I did some of that with a GoPro at every wedding. I took out a GoPro and danced with my clients, but that just didn't feel as authentically me. It was fun, but I want to find something really unique so that my clients are asking about it hey, when do we get to do that thing with you, whatever that thing is. And I want it to be something that goes up on Facebook Live every time I shoot, whether it's an engagement session or a wedding. And that way it's just Facebook is prioritizing live content right now. So Mm -hmm. I think we need to figure out a way to utilize that as photographers as much as possible if we want Facebook to still be viable for us. Yep. So. Yeah, that's a little bit. There's so many exciting things about live content that we're just kind of uh, beginning uh, to just touch the surface here. So I I just I'm excited to see what what other ways live starts getting introduced. But like I think that as people are listening to this, my please I encourage you um, any any new platform and or any current platform that's gonna uh, gain traction uh, pop up that's gonna even exist. From this point forward, is going to focus in on live content, and so to please practice that. Like it's the best advice I can give you is to practice, to practice live because it's it's EQ, it's connecting with people, it's it's being comfortable in your own skin, it's it's maintaining a conversation, uh, it's all these things that's so essential to business that over the last two decades we haven't really practice because of email <laughs> and social <laughs> and it's coming full circle. I've, I talk a lot about how it's coming full circle. And so Kira, I love what you're talking about Kira. I love this idea of how you're going to incorporate live content. I'm excited to see, this might be a question I'm going to ask every guest moving forward is how they're going to, what's one strategy that they could uh, think of to use live content moving forward. Oh, I in love 2017. that. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Sorry. I, uh, let's, let's keep, let's keep <laughs> going down this route. So tell me more, uh, tell me more about stories. If someone isn't ready to go full live and maybe they just want to kind of dabble in stories where they can record pseudo live content and then delete it in case they feel really terrible. Um, my encouragement is just press send. But anyhow, let's talk about stories. How are you incorporating Instagram stories? You know, it's I'm 
being pretty boring with my Instagram stories, but I just love that it's a great way to have kind of a curated feed of your imagery and then behind the scenes content on your stories. Um, that way I'm not flooding my Instagram with poorly filtered images of my dogs from my phone, which I had been known to do in the past. Um, <laughs> turns out people don't love that as much. It doesn't bring in as many bookings, sure. but this way my equally crazy dog loving clients can get their fill and see what's going on behind the scenes and see the crazy stuff. Sometimes I try to do like a funny Instagram story, maybe once a week where it kind of has its own little plot line of like something went way wrong that morning and here's how we're dealing with it. Um, so Instagram stories don't have to just be those little snippets or pictures of, you know, you and your spouse or, the food that you're eating, it can actually be something that you can spend a little time curating. I'm not saying we want all of our content curated, but it's something you can put a little bit of thought into and have some fun with it. So, you know, one morning I did like a, what it's like waking up at my house, Instagram storyline. And it was, you know, pictures of, of me getting out of the bed and then the dogs, all of them are on the bed. So it's all the dogs waking up and going crazy and the shades opening and, um, you know, feeding the dogs and sort of like a day in the life of what it's like at my house in the morning. People love behind the scenes content. They love that. Mm -hmm. It does make you a little bit vulnerable. People are going to see you without makeup and in your PJs and they're going to see your messy house, but it makes you human. Yeah. And the thing that I keep saying about like, look, again, there's just no more hiding. I think that we should really live our lives in a way that should expect that everyone kind of hears everything that you say and sees everything that you do. And that's really the way that we're continually moving with technology. The, the, the curation that's existed over the last decade with again, Facebook and Instagram, you know, it's starting to, to become way more broad and way more just truth. And, uh, and I'm fascinated by that. And so I think that the sooner that you start embracing it, the sooner that you start actually embracing this change that's happening, the better off you're going to be. Because look, this is the way change works. One way or another, it's happening, right? Whether you embrace it or it's embraced upon you, I'd much rather be the person who's looking for that change rather than waking up one day being like, shit, and now I got to do that. Everyone knows everything about me. Dang it. You know what I mean? Like it's coming. You might as well start figuring out a way, how do I maximize the use of this and, and how do I actually uh, figure out a way to uh, to learn how to use this in my favor? <laughs> Be ahead of the curve, you know what I mean? Anyhow. Yeah. So, well, it's hard too, I think, because people, people don't want to put their opinions out there or their lives. And there's this balance. People want to figure out how to put their personality in their brand, but they don't want to actually put their personality in their brand. Mm -hmm. And live is such a great way to just say F it and do it. Sure. And if you don't like it, it's gone in 24 hours or whatever anyway. Sure. Unless someone downloads it and then they send you a message <laughs> with the thing that you said that offended them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? That's going to happen. <laughs> it but will happen. I yeah. think it's a sign. You know you're doing well with personality branding if people are really passionate about you, whether that's a love passion or a hate passion. Like you can't be neutral. You can't create a business that runs on neutral where people feel wishy-washy about you. If people are disliking you, it's a sign you're probably doing something right. 
All right, you guys, I, I got to uh, interrupt for a hot second here and just pause to thank uh, one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast, if that's okay. I want to give a big shout out to FreshBooks. So look, the internet has changed everything. You and I are walking examples of this. Like the fact that we are self-employed, uh, that we run our own business, you guys, is is incredible. The ability to be more mobile, more autonomous, uh, more connected. Look, one in three Americans are self-employed. Uh, by 2020, that's probably going to be like 40%. All that to be said, though, the world was not built for self-employment. Like so many institutions, banks, retirements, um, employ- like insurance, my gosh, insurance, accounting, um, it wasn't built for self-employment. And so thankfully, there are other companies that are stepping up to the plate, right? They're stepping up to innovate and to provide a solution uh, for you and I, really, for freelancers, for small business owners. You guys, this is FreshBooks. Fresh FreshBooks has stepped up to the plate to fill this void, to provide this service for you guys. They've got an all new version. It's been completely redesigned from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way that you work. This is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, uh, and I guess most importantly, to to get paid more quickly, right? It's not just uh, ridiculously easy to use. It has so many features um, for uh, for invoicing, like just to to create a custom invoice in less than 30 seconds, uh, to get online payments out the door within just a couple of uh, clicks, uh, get paid four days faster. And then a really cool feature too in regards to these invoices and sending this out is you get to track it. You get to monitor when your client has seen the invoice. uh, And it just really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money coming in. You guys, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day full free trial to you guys, to the listeners of the SFP audiences. And as I say this, this is a full trial. There's no like limits to it. Uh, Here's what you need to do to claim it. You need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography and then enter six figure photography, all caps, S-I-X for six, six figure photography. And the how did you hear about a section? I'll get links right down below for you guys. Okay. Let's hop back into the interview. What have been some of the biggest gains that you've found being so focused with your brand, being so niche in regards to being 100% Carrie Swales? What have some of the, the, the biggest benefits been to that? And then, by the way, followed up with what are some of the biggest sacrifices that you've seen? <laughs> what are the biggest frustrations you know that have come along with it? Well, I think some of the biggest benefits, obviously, I get to work and work with people I really love. And when I shoot, it just feels that much more fun. It doesn't really feel like work. I think every photographer would say that, though. But when you're really working with people that you really, really love, it's so much more fun, so easy, and you get better images. I've also had a lot of great opportunities, um, and I've been able to like pitch stuff that I didn't even know I would get yeses to because of it. So I've been becoming kind of a more, I guess, an LGBTQ advocate because those things are unfortunately considered alternative or offbeat. And I think they should be considered mainstream. So one of the biggest successes I've had recently is that I decided I wanted to do like a pride festival styled shoot, right? This great idea bunch of wedding vendors I wanted to work with. And I was like, this will be so awesome. It'll be like a festival wedding, like a pop up thing. And then I thought, you know, what? that's going to be really lame. We, we need to just get a real couple and do like a real couple. And then I was like, no, let's take this to the next level. Let's get permission to be in the Denver Pride Parade and have a mobile wedding. And we just got that permission the other week. Nice. So this hasn't so, happened yet. 
No, it happens June 18th this year. So I think what's love, like what I love about that is that now we have, instead of a styled shoot, it's all of us vendors are treating it like a styled shoot, but we have a real couple and an opportunity to kind of raise awareness in a way that a pride parade has never really seen. So there's great opportunities for getting the images published and just being seen as an advocate in that area, which I think is really important to me. So that's been a really cool success and we're working on that right now. I'm super pumped about it because it's so different. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're talking about here is we're actually kind of going off on a separate yeah. kind of tangent, but I, I like it. It's like, look, you're, you have a goal, but you also have a goal, like this goal of, of having a personality brand, right? And it's there, but the goal is working so darn well because it's, it's actually bigger than you, which kind of feels uh, almost... Not I I don't know if ironic's the right word. Yeah. It's like is that the right word? I don't know. Like that whole song, I don't think was actually ironic, right? Uh, <laughs> no. But maybe this maybe this is ironic. The fact that like it's a personality brand, it's you, and yet it's actually doing something. The goal that you have is doing something that's bigger than you. It's it's like you're you're getting to be a part of something that is bigger than yourself. And this is, I think, uh, such a great place to be as a photographer is when you can begin to understand that what you have the opportunity to do can be more than just photography. It can be more than just pics. It can be more than just clicks of a shutter. And that's, dude, that's when the magic happens. And you know this, Carrie. Like, I like yeah. I'm like preaching the choir here. That's where the magic happens. That's where the joy comes from. That's where happiness comes from. That's where like waking up every morning, feeling like what you're doing has real value in this world uh, comes from. And then everything else that trickles down from that. And so it's really exciting to hear how the initial embrace of just being authentically you has blossomed into something that is way bigger than just photography. Am I, am I like putting yeah. words in your mouth? Is this accurate? No, I love that because I think uh, as photographers, we always say like, you know, I really want people to have memories. I want to be that person that that's the legacy I leave behind. And I felt like that for a long time, but I've been doing this a while. And really, I think we, we have an opportunity to make big changes in the wedding industry. And I, I, I hate to say it, but there's not enough racial diversity and there's not enough LGBTQ representation in wedding imagery. There's not enough plus size women being represented. And I feel like my people, my clients, the reason they don't get to see themselves on the cover of Martha Stewart weddings is because those people aren't there. And those people are a huge percentage of people getting married. So I really hope that part of the legacy I leave behind whenever I'm done being a photographer is that I've changed the way the wedding industry maybe showcases images so that there's more diversity as a whole and that we're being we're doing better at representing who in the world is actually getting married and we're making people feel accepted and loved. Love it. People are people are people are people and people are always more important. It's like one of my number one beliefs in life. Um, let's let's pump the brakes here for a hot second. I love where we're going. I want to get really practical for the photographer who is listening yes. right now. And they're like, look, I'm starting out. I'm in month one. I'm in week one. I'm in year one. Uh, and I want to really focus my brand on, on, on my personality. Um, what are some of the initial steps that someone should take as they're thinking about um, having this type of positioning of a personality brand. Do you have any advice for them when just getting started out uh, of, of what to do? Yes. I think it's it's hard to start out with personality branding because there's this whole big picture and you feel like you have to connect it to the logo, the color scheme, the visual side of things. But just start small. If you can only do one thing, 
just work on your website bio because that is one of the first things people go and read when they encounter your website. So if you can just spend a couple of weeks, it doesn't have to be immediate and just, you know, open a notebook and keep a list and write down some things that you think make you different from everybody else. Ask colleagues, ask your family, ask your friends, what's something that they think of when they think of you, something that's just about you. And what are those things? And I want them to be nothing related to photography. Mm. I think we, there's a lot of photographer bios out there that say, um, I'm a mom and a wife. And I got my camera when I was two. I've been shooting ever since. We don't want any bios to say that we want your bio to be the first place people encounter your personality where they can find out all the weird stuff about you that maybe make you a little bit vulnerable and maybe people don't really need to know, but it's so much more fun and it's memorable. So if they're going to look at 10 photographers' websites, your bio is always going to stand out because they're going to be like, who's Carrie Swales? She's a birthmark in her armpit. That's, I think, one of the first sentences in my bio. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unforgettable. Yes. So... Anything that's weird, that's different, that you can use to kind of showcase who you are, your personality, that's where I would start. Love it. Yeah, I think copywriting is is the it's the opportunity to separate yourself. It's it's I think it's something that many photographers undervalue, and we need to really uh, reconsider that. Uh, one of the very first podcast interviews I did was with um, uh, Kimberly Houston, who's a creative copywriter. You guys should go check that episode out. I'll drop a link down below and talk so much about the opportunity that you have in your written word um, and and how we can help maximize that. And I think storytelling, like to actually tell stories is about you or who you are or why you are the way that you are. If you can connect your bio, if you can connect your about page with genuine storytelling, it's like this is the opportunity now to separate yourself uh, from everyone else. And now, sorry, let's keep going, Carrie. Yeah. Let's accompany that with, with, yes, we've got copy and we've got photographs, but now let's get some word or some video up there, right? Let's actually like get you on camera and start to explain this stuff. There's a great opportunity there uh, with storytelling through video. Um, which, which by the way, I love, I love as photographers that we have the ability to just like flip our still cameras onto video mode, like balance it on a bookshelf and we can deliver something that looks pretty darn good. (laughs) I I digress. (laughs) Oh man. Carrie, um, I want to give the audience uh, a big takeaway from today's episode. This has been really fun talking about this stuff and, and, and going back and forth. And I want to give I want to give something uh, as a big takeaway. And so, Carrie, as we're talking about personality brand, as we're talking about some of these initial steps, or even just a mindset to have, is there one thing that you can leave the audience with right now uh, that they can be holding on to that they can take away from listening to this and begin to apply as they as they start moving forward with either a fresh brand or even a rebrand? Yeah. Okay. So if I had to put it in kind of like one to two sentences, I would say that there is a ton of sameness in the industry, right? We hear photographers say all the time that this is super saturated, but it's not saturated if you spend some time creating your own brand, because if if you have a great brand, competition ceases to exist, right? So what I would say is as you're getting started, figuring out how to put your personality out there and you're like, I don't know what makes me, me. Well, any write down anything for you that's a guilty pleasure. This is sort of my formula. If you have a guilty pleasure, it's something that is, first of all, a little bit vulnerable. And second of all, it's something that probably other people are going to do too and don't want to admit it. But 
anything that's a guilty pleasure is something that you need to start just owning and liking. There's a quote that says something like, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If you fucking like something, just like it. I don't remember who it was by. (laughs) So that would be my place to start on like in a journey of building confidence and starting to figure out what it is that you can use to kind of harness your personality and start connecting with people on a real level as a photographer. Nice. I love that. By the way, another one of my guilty pleasures is The Bachelor. I'm embarrassed myself <laughs> enough this episode, so I will stop talking. <laughs> it's not a guilty pleasure. Gary, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, for having this conversation. I'm really excited about uh, what you're doing within this industry, the positivity that you're spreading. Uh, we just need more positivity out there. And so um, keep like keep talking, keep putting your voice out there, girl. Um, and I'll keep supporting and, and getting this out there as much as I can as well. Carrie, where can people find you? Oh, there's a lot of places you can find me. Uh, you can find my wedding photography at carriesquillsphotography.com. Um, when I started going full-time, I started a blog called photographyawesomesauce.com. And you can head there. There's usually weekly blog posts. There's courses. That has had, in the last five years, almost 9 million unique visitors. So that's the place where other photographers come to learn from my craziness. And I am developing a really cool annual course um, for my other business called Rock Your Weird, just to help people build confidence and learn to live a life where they have zero regrets. And then, very last place, madeinthelab.com. I'm just the co-owner of a graphic design company. I just do the marketing part. So don't trust me with the graphic designs. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, girl. Thank you so much for being on the episode today, Carrie. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you are encouraged uh, and empowered by Carrie to actually put yourself, uh, a big part of yourself in the forefront of your brand, the ability and the power that you have. You guys, if you liked today's show, I'd appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. I read every single one. It helps get the show out there to more people and attract bigger name guests, uh, which then means bigger name guests for you guys to learn from. I just want to give a quick shout out. Here's one that I I just read from ADH Creative. Uh, They said this, I just recently found this podcast and I love it. Not only is Ben an inspiration, but his energy is infectious. Very helpful with growing a photography business and also hearing interviews with other great individuals. Thank you so much, ADH Creative for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. All the links and instructions for how to leave a review are over at sixfigurephotography.com backslash review. Or look, if you're on your iPhone right now, you can do it directly from the podcast app. And again, you guys, I'm going to read everyone. Uh, And so I'd love to give another shout out here next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week, episode 50 of the SFB podcast. Thanks, everybody.